the the issue is that we look for deep domain expertise when we're looking not so much for product manager but a subject matter expert and a good product a great product manager is constantly learning about the nuances of whatever industry or domain they serve product growth leaders proudly presents the business of product topic of the week a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello, everybody. Grant Hunter here from Product Growth Leaders. This week, our topic of the week is best background for hiring product managers. We actually had a lot of uh, people in the room, and I'm going to jump around with this new technology so we can uh, see the screen. Make myself invisible. Make this thing bigger. As we go through looking right now at the answers to our Monday question. When hiring internally for a new product manager, what background do you look for? So the first answer we got actually was from uh, Robert Goldberg, who's not with us. He's at a company where they've been putting a lot of money into understanding product management and building a product organization. And so some interesting details from them. They found that a good percentage of their product managers came from customer service and technology backgrounds. Few came from product management or had prior product management experience from other companies. Uh, We teach them product management. This is actually a theme you're going to see going through what's going on. At higher levels, people managing multiple products, product managers, Uh, We always hire people internally or externally with product management experience. Sort of a little divergent there of if it's a new person to product management uh, and a sort of an individual contributor role or somebody who's managing a team of product managers. At a prior company, we always look for people with subject matter expertise and passion for product management and thought we could teach them to be a better product manager. Now, Steve, I want to get your take on this because, you know, you've taught probably more product managers than most people have. Uh, subject matter expertise versus somebody from inside. What do you, what's your take on bringing this uh, external domain expert in teaching the product management? I didn't necessarily associate subject matter expert and outside as okay. being the same thing, but that's true. Um, well, you know, I, 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 certainly I've spent a lot of time, teaching product managers Um, and they do come from myriad backgrounds. Uh, I think, and reflecting on a little bit more on that note, I I think there is very much logic to hiring product management leadership with experience in product management. So I would say the bigger issue is not the product managers, but their managers. Yeah. So I've had success hiring sales engineers and former developers and uh, former product managers from other companies. Uh, but the real, yeah, I would say, well, I, so I'm completely changing the question. So uh, to, as you do every week, Steve. Yeah. Uh, the issue of knowledge of product management is more important for the leader of that group. And we see that in particular when you hire a product manager and have them report to, say, a VP of development. What we see is a product manager who is now a developer or a designer or a project manager. And when you have product manager report to the head of marketing, guess what? We have a new marketing specialist. Um, So in my experience, most companies have plenty of subject matter expertise and what they need is product management expertise and that needs to start from above makes a lot of sense uh greg i'm going to move to the second one i believe this was your answer i look for roles that show aptitude in certain areas initiative bias for action user orientation collaboration social skills the ability to prioritize influence without authority systems thinking and logic 
depending on the product, some sort of technical proficiency. It seems like what you just described to those aptitudes is almost what Steve was just talking about, right? Some capability in product management, uh, even if it's not been formally that. What Talk to me about your answer and sort of uh, what Steve was just saying. Well, that wasn't necessarily my answer, but I agree with it. But I agree I with Steve. I thought that was your answer. <laughs> No, that's okay. a good answer. It's, so it, I'll it, take credit. It's, it's very, <laughs> it's very, very close to mine. Um, okay. So I, I agree with Steve. I think that, you know, the, the leader of the, of the product management group needs to actually have the product management skill sets. They can teach a lot of people. Um, you can pull people from everywhere else. The, um, the idea that the, the head of what your product management needs to needs you need to have a, a very well-rounded um, group that is, you know, maybe made up of people from that have sales orient or business orientations or technology orientations or, you know, design or customer experience, things like that. You need to have those as you start building out the teams and you can teach product management to a lot of people. Um, but, you know, there are certain key skills that you really, that are really key to a product manager. And I think that one of the, the basics is the willingness to learn. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Um, John, I just looked at it. This was actually your first answer. So let me punt that question to you. Yeah. So, that, I mean, I, now that Greg is taking credit for your answer, John, <laughs> what did you mean? I did, when I did you that said last that? week too. <laughs> <laughs> We're all, it's yes and around here. We're all sharing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think the, like the first answer talked about how you bring in people with, uh, without product management experience and you teach them product management. And then Steve said basically yes and, but you need to have product management experience at the top to teach those people the product management, I think is basically the, the, the premise there. Um, and as you know, in all the hiring I've done, I've hired people straight out of school. I've hired people who used to be product managers and I've created a team of people who are, you know, misfits from uh, various different groups. I think it's, that's what, which is why I said, you just need to find people with these sort of characteristics. You'll find those characteristics in places like, uh, customer service because they have extreme empathy for the user a lot of the time, mm -hmm. but also they also can have a transactional uh, view, which is not useful, right? You need to have a right. sort of systems level relate longer relationship kind of a view, which is where somebody like a, a like Steve's background, the sales engineer comes in, right? They're building more of a relationship and still understanding the customer's problems and how to solve them and things like that. Um, it, I have seen problems with developers that become product managers being more inside out thinking, being the, I have a technology, I'm going to sell it to you and you're going to buy it because it's cool. Um, that is not always the case. Google has been remarkably successful with very technology-oriented product managers, um, you know, former developers that, that made the ladder switch. Um, but it's not, it's definitely not always the case. I think having an inherent in, outside-in mentality, uh, an empathy uh, for other humans is like super important. And then being able to think about things, you know, systems things uh, and break down problems is, is the other thing. Otherwise you just have a therapist, so. The, the empathy and I think you said this, but to call it out specifically, and an orientation around the market view as opposed to a customer view. Exactly. My biggest issue with sales teams, and I love salespeople, as you all know, um, salespeople can only think about the customer in front of them. They can't see the market full. They can't see the forest. They can only see the trees. And the same tends to be true of customer support they look at things through the lens of one. And so right. you do need somebody who embraces systems thinking, absolutely, but also looks at the patterns rather than the in, uh, individual incidents. Yeah as, yeah, as we talked about before, it's like you're, you're trying to understand the customer's need as opposed to their want. The sales, sales teams are always like, let's solve the customer's want at the time right now, as opposed to like, you know, wh what, do they, what do they actually need? Mm -hmm. um, to do to do what they what they you know what they they're trying to accomplish now, but also in the future. You're not going to pigeonhole yourself. And then, John, you're absolutely right. It's like you know, I have the solution. You know, I have this problem. I'm trying to find a solution. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the empathy is key. The, the and it was said earlier by a couple of people. It's also the willingness to learn. I, I've said if somebody's open to learning, 
and is good at engaging with people and looking for the trends, I can teach them to do product management, right? We, we don't, you know, if somebody's not open to learning and changing and uh, looking at trends, then they're not going to be good product management. Jason, I'd love to get your take on this since you didn't have an answer this week. Yeah, somehow I think I um, missed my Monday. I uh, went from Sunday to Tuesday, but that's, no, that's okay. Um, I'll give everybody a break because my rants are lame. Uh, essentially, I think it really depends. <laughs> so, um, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do to who you're trying to bring in. It's, it's certainly, I'm assuming this is all kind of like entry-level product managers. You're not talking about senior product leadership. That's a little bit different conversation. Um, but, you know, if, if you're trying to get market intelligence and kind of lead to the next generation of your products or bring in other products, then, you know, perhaps you need product management expertise or perhaps you need people with expertise in research and, um, you know, psychology and sociology and those kind of like soft skills and being able to do journalism and interviewing, you know, those are skills that are hard to come by. So, you know, you go into their college, what do they do? They take journalism classes. Do they write any papers or they had to do research for these papers with talking to human beings? You know, these are great skills to have for product managers. If you're trying to gather market intelligence to create new products, if you're trying to evolve your current product set, then perhaps they need, they need to be more development oriented, um, you know, and, and so I really think it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish with your product as an organization before you start um, bringing on new product managers. Did you dig into my twi Twitter or tweet threads? Because I, I actually, no. journalism is one of the things. Somebody said, you know, where's, what's your out of the box idea of where you could get product management candidates from? And I'm like, journalism, right? Sure. In journalism school, they teach you how to interview people, ask questions, write about it, write a summary. Uh, I think it could be a great way to, to go about that. So those were sort of the, the, the broader questions. So the next round of questions, we had some people, uh, Steve and John, uh, talking about the process of, of, of the first hire, the first time they made a, a product management hire. And Steve was ranting about his recruiter not having uh, a clue. Having a clue. Uh, and... Uh, but then finding the double win with the, with the competitors SE. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about how that made a template for you moving forward. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just me, but uh, you know, I've, I've had terrible history with recruiters. Uh, they seem to be the worst possible salespeople. Um, it's like they've, they've got a buyer and they've got a seller and then they, you know, take all of the resumes they have and they see if there are any words that are on both the job posting and the resume. So like uh, you're a janitor or a software firm and this company is looking for a software product manager, software, software, see there's a match. So, you know, you'd be an ideal candidate. So every single person they brought me was just terrible. Um, I, I had a long talk just this week with Karen Wudashek, who's a recruiter, a friend of mine up in Philly. And she and I use the term purple squirrel a lot. Um, I can't remember now with, if I used it with her or she used it with me, but you know, the purple squirrel is this idealized candidate that is perfect in every way, but not found in nature naturally uh, and is willing to work for peanuts. So it's kind of like a unicorn except we'll work for peanuts. And I think my conclusion from that whole experience was getting really crisp on what I was looking for. Um, I think that my first hire, I was an inexperienced manager myself. Uh, and I said, I'm looking for somebody who is formerly a product manager with this kind of domain expertise. And they're like, great, we found this sales guy. We found this janitor. We, we found uh, a, a programmer. I'm like, so when I said product manager, what happened in your head? And they're like, uh, I didn't hear you say that part. I just heard you say, send me some random people. So I got really precise on what I was looking for. And, and to you know Jason's earlier point, I think um, I, was, I very much favor the product manager who is a customer representative and knows how to talk to customers and elicit pains from customers as opposed to um, the former salesperson or the former project manager or the former developer. 
So I ask you, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jason. No, I was just going to say that, you know, I work with recruiters a lot, but I've also done my own internal recruiting a ton. And that's always been more successful for when looking for product managers, because in many organizations, they don't call a product manager, a product manager, or they call them a project manager or a business analyst or a systems analyst, something. Mm -hmm. And, And so if you're looking for terms, you may miss out on a great candidate pool because the terms won't match from resume to the very, position. very a good lot point. of a lot of people don't write their, you know, adjust their resumes for the posting, especially when you're working with the recruiters. And so what you have to do is actually kind of get an idea and then work through the body of content, for what they did at those positions to see if those kind of components are matching what a product manager role would do in your organization for what you're looking for. That's a very, very good point. Very and good point. Uh, one of the other things I like about Karen Wudashek is she went through a training class with me. She said, you know, I'm placing a lot of product managers and I really thought I ought to know what that is. And so she's one of the few people who can delineate between, say, product management and product marketing um, and knows that it's different than program or project management. And she also does sales and marketing. So it's, she understands the full suite and the differences between them. So she's not going to take some random salesperson uh, and say they should be good for product management. Greg, yours is this top one. Uh, when hiring a product manager, I look at their people skills and attitude along other experiences. Is there anything that we didn't cover when we talked on the first one when I misspoke, misspoke about who's it was on the no, first no, page? No, no, I think that, you know, the empathy part that we talked about before and the constant learning um, is key because, if you know, whatever the business is, no matter what it is, it's going to continually evolve. And that you're you're constantly learning. We're not building buggy whips anymore. Um, so it's just a constant learning thing, and that's the attitude that you expect from you know somebody you're going to actually hire is that they're willing to learn, they're willing to move forward, and they're willing to like make a mistake and and learn from it and go. Um, yeah, those are the things. Those are really like core core things that I look for. Um, and, and as I said, you know, it depends upon the type of business I'm in. Yep. Um, it, you know, where, where's the slant I'm looking for? Um, just, you know, saying sales engineer, that's my top, that's my top person. That's not necessarily my top person. And I love the final part you had where rounding out the team with different abilities, right? Creating a diverse team with different ba- viewpoints and backgrounds mm-hmm. that can all come together heterogeneously. Yep. Uh, I, to me, when you talk about what the best background is, there is a depends, right? We, we joke about right. depends every once in a while, but it depends on what you currently have in filling out the skill gap around there. John, yes. this last one down here is, is the, your first hire, the MIT mechanical engineering grad who did a one-year MBA. We've talked about all these business skills and customer skills. Talk to me about how an MIT MBA or MIT mechanical engineering with a Duke MBA, you know, did you have to help him with the business side? Uh, talk to me about how you did that. Yeah, so I think part of what I liked about him is because he had a slightly more robust version of my background. Um, you know, I started as a computer engineer at Georgia Tech and then switched to their management program, and then got an MBA at Emory. Um, the, the line I use is that I figured out, and it took me too long to figure out that I need to walk the line between propeller head and suits to be happy. The business and tech balance and product management can be that perfect balance. Um, and he rolled in the door with basically that same mentality, essentially. Like it was clear that he had the chops to be a mechanical engineer, but the desire to work more in the business sense and business side of things, like understanding customers and working with them as opposed to just cranking out machines. And I think that's what really attracted me to him. So then all I had to do was teach him what product management was and how we go about it. Um, I think we sent him through product pragmatic marketing uh, to give him some of those fundamentals. And then we just figured out how to operationalize it in our organization because he had all of the right, you know, the thirst for learning, the the empathy for other people, um, systems thinking, like all the things we talked about, they just sort of showed up there. Well, I have a, I have a question. Well, I mean, being, a, being a, an engineer myself with an engineering background, they teach you, you know, how to, how to attack a problem. But a bigger question is like, is it required to have an MBA to be a product manager? God, no. <laughs> There's tons of see, excellent product managers that don't have MBAs. I, I totally agree with that. But if you look at like, you know, you know, Steve, you're kind of like going through job descriptions and things like that. It's like, oh, MBA. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. You know, I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute about this MBA thing. Is it necessary? Is it actually critical 
um, to be a really good product manager? I don't believe so. I really don't. Okay. No, I think there's, there are companies that uh, actually put a strike against you if you have an MBA and you want to be a product person. Mm-hmm. They think that well, you're too you businessy. Somebody, yeah. yeah, if you want somebody who definitely thinks inside the box, look for an MBA. See, Steve, I, I take offense at that a little. I mean, I'm an MBA. Uh, and I'm you know, not. I went, I, I, went, well, I went back full time. An interesting thing for me is I had my internship at a technology division of GE, GE Information Services, now GXS, the big EDI company. Uh, actually now open text, part of open text. Uh, and my hiring manager, when I got the full-time job there, hired me to be a market research analyst. And he said, I know the glory job is going to be that product management title. And I had other friends who were getting product management or product marketing titles. And he says, let me tell you this, come in and learn how to do market research and market analysis and competitive analysis from the ground up at GE. And you're going to have a better foundation for how you can do product management. And for me, it's, it, it really was about uh, how to do that, how to uh, understand markets. And, and that was my first step into, you know, really being market driven was the way GE tra- taught me to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the MBA, in, in, and that's where my Drucker stuff comes from is the MBA stuff. But I, I think that that being said, I agree completely that an MBA is, is sometimes not the right fit. Uh, Often because many MBAs have that know-it-all mentality. Mm-hmm. That so was like, the uh, thing I was going to layer on, actually, is you have to have intellectual humility to be a product manager. Because if you curiosity. think you're always right, yeah. Yeah, if you <laughs> think you're always right, you will fail a lot. Good the, point. Yeah, my, my point was that I don't think that an MBA is absolutely required. I, you know, it depends upon what you did with your MBA and, and you know, what you studied and all those things that, that really enhances your ability to be a product manager, but that humility, John, that humility is the, uh, mm-hmm. oh boy. That's brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, you have a whole bunch of, you know, in an MBA program, there's a whole bunch of eight, one personalities. So you need to have, you know, learning how to that humility is key. So, but, we, you know, before you leave that point, I will add one more factoid. Um, f- somewhere between 42 and 45% of product managers have MBAs. Mm-hmm. So, whether that's a good thing for their ability is one thing, but uh, it certainly seems to help you get hired. I mean, if it yeah. comes down to a kind of a, yeah, if it comes down to, I've got two people, they're both roughly the same. It looks like the hiring managers are skewing for the MBA, the MBA. particularly right now when there are so many people interested in being in a product management role, uh, that, you know, the, if you've got a hundred candidates that all seem pretty good, you know, filtering them out on certification or education seems to be a quick way to cut a list of a hundred down to a list of 10. Yep. The other thing it does is it, uh, is a signal that there is a, a thirst for continued learning at least right. yeah, both the certification that. and the MBA do that. So, yeah, I was going to say also, the yeah. learning part is really the key. Everything. It is. Yeah. It's also a signal for a required initial um, budget to hire that person who has an MBA expecting more. And they will. I mean, an MBA makes 10% more than uh, the equivalent candidate without the MBA. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're thinking about, gosh, should I spend $100,000 on an MBA? Well, you've got a 10-year return on investment. And I will say that the best business skills I got were not from my MBA program. They were from GE. An FP, find a good FP&A person and learn how to do P&Ls and pro formas. And for the business side, that was more important to me than the MBA was. Uh, I think the general business knowledge and understanding research and trends and strategy helped a ton. My growth strategy stuff comes from that. But, you know, I, I think it can be overcome. But to your point, Steve, it also is it's a check mark on a lot of places as well. So let's go to the poll. Uh, which background is best for someone new to product management? And my question here is how biased this poll is because Steve has continually said sales engineer is the best background for, for, for product management. His I- background is the best background. <laughs> well, you know, only now, only today did that uh, come to mind. It's like, yeah, my, that is my background. Oh, shoot. So that says that, yeah. 
the, it, but you know, John made the same point. He's like, I found somebody who was basically mini me and I hired him. Right. But that's so, also a mistake I've seen people make. Right. Uh, it, it goes to Greg's post about how do you find a diverse uh, background of people? And I have only found one person who I've helped hire who would, I would consider a mini me. And the reality is I didn't hire him. I had him hired at a peers in a peers uh, group. So I, you know, I worry about the mini me thing, but back to the sales engineer thing, you know, Jason, what'd you vote? Sales engineer. How much of that was biased by Steve? 110%. Okay. No, right. I'm kidding. You... Honestly. No. I, uh, so as a product manager and a product owner and, you know, every level and every type of thing you can do as a product manager, I have always had my best relationships with my sales engineers and they are only like, one day, one training day away from being a product manager based on how their mind operates and how they're thinking systems, how they have the empathy towards the, the customer. They're thinking usually about multiple customers because they're thinking about future demos, future offerings. What other thing can I provide to the market? Um, however, they're a little bit more lenient towards kind of the, um, the more um, sizzle of a product so they can get the ooh-ah moment versus actually delivering what is useful because they don't get involved too much post-sale. Um, but that can be an easy switch. And they have that journalism. They have to be able to discussion because they have to be part of discovery. Um, so they're so close to being a product manager. It really is just about getting them off commission. So what, well, and there, there's where I was going to go with this because I've also said mm -hmm. that the best sales engineers make the best account executives, right? Yeah, same reason. And I can't, product as much as product management may pay now, it can't compete with a you know, enterprise software sales rep, you know, with a package that's three hundred, four hundred at plant, right? So there's a competition because salespeople like the sales engineers too, right? And I yeah. guess it depends on which sales engineer are you. Are you the one who wants the money in the sales, or the ones who wants to be more strategic? Any equals many percent equals one. Yeah. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, you want to influence the product, you know. Yeah. You're the one that actually wants to drive the product. Yeah, that's not just you know. I voted. I voted for sales engineer too for a number of things that Jason was saying as well. But the the other the other aspect is that they need to un they they also understand how to deal with stakeholders yeah. and having those having those conversations and having those tough conversations. You know, with like you know their customers say you're not going to get it. Or let me tell you about something else that maybe you, you you really need that I can offer you. Those those conversations go a long way. You just twist it a little bit when you become a product manager. Yeah, John, had you voted for customer support? I did, and it's this it's a flip of Steve's bias in that my very first job in technology was on a help desk. Um, I mean, I, I definitely agree. The sales engineer is a good set of a good background, and the problem with potential problem with customer support people is the goldfish memory, uh, just thinking about the last problem that they had. Mm -hmm. But I think if they have that background and can then aggregate problems and figure out, you know, process improvements in the customer support or can, you know, figure out recurring themes and, and solutions for those, like it's, it starts to be some of the things that you need to do as a product manager. And also when I did it, we didn't have screen sharing. And if you try to walk a sales, a pharma sales rep through a Windows 3.1 interface over the phone without any visuals, you get a distinct appreciation for good and bad UX. Yes. Um, <laughs> and actually, my experience, I've actually, while I voted for sales engineer, I've had more success hiring customer support. Uh, and tying back to our conversation last week, as first hires for product management, somebody who knew the product inside and out, understood the customers, they weren't doing strategy, they were doing it with the more tactical stuff, uh, technical product management type stuff. And I thought customer support people were great for that. So, you know, I, I get that. Actually, one thing I didn't point out at the beginning was we had 11 votes. I think if that's not the largest vote tally we've had on the poll, it's one of the top two. So uh, really good turnout for the poll this week and actually some great answers on the open-ended questions. So any last comments on the poll before we move forward to the open-ended questions? All right. You know, maybe a future poll would be interesting to look at some of the phrases we've used today, um, like systems thinking, market-driven rather than customer-driven. I wonder if 
a future discussion could be around what are those key attributes um and don't get it don't get ahead okay steve well i always on. do this I, I know. i'm always one slide ahead of you or two or three or two weeks ruining the movie <laughs> uh, it's part it's part I, I i haven't shared it yet but there is a whole clip i got out of that what is product and i'm trying to find the right place to do it in the, in the short clips i was telling you about john uh where it's just greg not greg uh tom talking about oh i don't want to go about down that rabbit hole i'm like that's all that steve and i do is go down rabbit holes <laughs> so i digress so we'll get to that concept in a couple of slides for a rapid fire with that said First question for you guys today, which is harder for someone to learn? A specific industry domain, subject matter expertise in that industry, in the market, or product management? And John, I'm going to start with you on this one because we, you, you talked about teaching product management to people. Uh, let me get your take. What's, 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 what's harder? I mean, I've, I've obviously had to learn product management at some point, and I've had to learn a bunch of industries slash domains. Uh, I think it is easy to learn... Uh, relatively easy to learn base level product management. I think it is really hard to learn great product management to like be good at prioritizing, to be good at saying no to figuring out the right things to not do and all that. I think that's super hard and I'm not even sure if it's teachable. Um, I think you, some industries are like really, really complicated and have a lot of interdependencies and are, you know, can be frustrating in that way for certain people. But I think it's any, I, I Ultimately, I think you can learn any industry given enough time and, and appetite for learning. I would argue if you have those good to great product management skills, you can learn any industry, right? Because yeah. it's about the inquiry. It's about the empathy. It's about the journalistic type things that, that Jason was talking about. I've gone into I, new industries. I do want to do a good, good versus great topic of the week one day. That would be really fun. At, we will put that in queue. And I know Greg's got some stuff he, he's been adding to the queue too. But we figured we'd get through 2020 uh, with some some more softballs, and then we can go into some of the deeper dives. But no, I found that I, what made my success is I could go into a new industry, go talk to customers, do the research and analysis, and in 90 days be the person who knows more about the industry than the people who've been product managers there for 10 years, right? And so it's all about having that base level skill of how do you go ask questions and listen and look for trends and, and everything we talked about at the beginning. Greg, what's your take on this? I, I agree with that. that. So that um, great product management is, is more difficult to learn. Uh, I think that so many industries are very arrogant that you can't possibly understand my industry or my domain. It's just you have to be in it in order to learn it, you know, to be effective, all those things. And I find that that's exceptionally arrogant. Um, but as you said, Grant, it's like, if you have the product management skills, um, and you actually can go in, you can learn all this stuff very quickly. Um, it just by asking the right questions and kind of having that like outsider look into what's going on within the industry helps a lot, um, yeah. it helps move that, that company faster into a specific in, you know, area. Otherwise they just stay pigeonholed. As I said, you know, we're not building buggy whips, but you know what, we could make a faster buggy whip. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, you need the product managers to kind of sit back and go, wait a minute, is that really what we want? Is that really where we need that our customers need to go is they need a faster buggy whip or do we actually need to transform how we actually work and let's, let's talk to what the customers need. Um, within that industry, whether it's healthcare or finance, or it just goes on and on. But, you know, as, as John said, there are some that are super complicated. Um, it, but, it, but, you know, it's just given time. Yeah. When, when teaching product management, we used to talk about how the market's moving up into the right, I think is the way we, we put it. And if you're not following that movement, right, technology is changing, their domains are changing, understanding the value chains, right? Upward, upstream and downstream to understand how that's impacting what's going on and how market dynamics and maturity are impacting those things is critical. But it's interesting because the same problem that a founder CEO of a once successful company who's now in a growth rut is the same exact problem that a product manager who hasn't listened to their customer in five, 10 years as well. 
Well, I mean, if you, just look at the tech, if you just look at the technology trends, I mean, come on, iPhone came out in 2007. Really? I mean, it's like the world is changing very, very, very quickly. Cloud computing, all those and the, the details behind cloud computing and, and how advertising is working and how do, how do I actually communicate healthcare? All those things are moving very, very, very quickly. Yep. So the, the key behind all of that is, you know, the industry is, is accelerating in multiple different directions, but product management foundations behind that stay very, very stable. And that, that part, that's why I said that I think that, you know, I agree with John is I think that the, the foundations of great product management is harder to do. Uh, that's going to be the topic of the week. That title right there. I think the foundations of great product management. That that'll that'll be on the on the slate for the first quarter. Uh, Jason, was your background always supply chain and purchasing before uh, you no. got your current job? Yeah, it kind of happened all at once. I was a technology project manager, and um, through M and A, ended up having to be a director of product management and also learning <laughs> the industry at the same time. Yeah. So, um, and I would, uh, so thinking about hiring, because that's kind of what we're talking about, um, even though it kind of leans that product management is um, maybe, especially the great product manager, harder to teach, I don't know if I would bring in somebody, or even if the domain is even harder to learn, I don't know if I would bring in somebody with so much domain expertise because of all the bias they have. You know, innovation happens with ignorance and naivety. Yeah. And if you're trying, if you're trying to grow your products, having somebody ask the obvious dumb questions as a product manager can be a great way to, to spark interest. Greg, you were just talking about this. Like you can just be in it for too long. You know, you get burnout and you get into your custom ways and you just know how everything works. You become a product historian, but you're not necessarily leading the way for um, growth of any of your market. And I saw it. I think that, you know, it might take longer to learn that domain, but in that time that you're learning that domain, you're asking some really interesting questions and looking at everything from a different perspective. And, and, well, and you can find subject matter experts on within that business, you know, to help that talk about that in the past. You're actually trying to find those subject matter experts in the, in across that business in order to increase your, your specific knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So Jason, you had, you had to do both at once, right? Learn a new industry and learn in product management. Which one was harder for you, do you think? I'm still learning the industry, and I don't know if I'll ever be a great product manager. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I would say the industry, absolutely, because as a project manager, you know, I kind of got my MBA in project management. Um, a lot of the same kind of uh, process orientation and skills associated with uh, following a process, just moving that to a different type of process were already kind of in place uh, for re repeatability. Um, but the domain itself was a little bit trickier. Not that it's a very, not that it's one of those tricky domains like we have discussed. It's very um, simplistic, but still, um, that was probably the harder part. Steve, as somebody who teaches more, has probably taught more people product management than almost almost anybody. What's your take? Well, you know, I I was going to say it's harder to teach domain than product management, except, you know, I really do embrace the, well, so it's a yes and here, right? It's, uh, I embrace a lot of the things that other people have said. You know, there are a lot of people teaching rudimentary product management, which is, you know, pretty easy to learn. Uh, but it occurred to me in this discussion that hiring managers aren't looking for a product manager. They're looking for a subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. You know, it's another one of those I'm confused about what I'm shopping for problems. Um, so if they say, I want somebody with five, 10 years experience in our domain because we're unique and special and different than everyone else, what they're really saying is we want somebody to come in with all of his opinions formed and can immediately start writing white papers and ebooks and, you know, doing thought leadership stuff. Um, but I, like uh, John, I, I've learned many industries. Uh, in fact, I have a buddy, this is kind of wild. I had a buddy who has had, uh, who, who had a, every place he's gone gets a non-compete clause forced upon him. And yet, it, that, and as a result, his, every job he's taken has been in a new industry. 
And so he's in the course of 20 years had uh, uh, become a, you know, a, a knowledgeable person in five different industries. So um, it can be learned and it, seven. Oh, or seven. Greg's going to up Greg. you. All right. But, you know, I just thought that was a really interesting way out of a non-compete clause. It's like, I'm going to do the same thing I did in automotive. I'm just going to go over and do it in, in personal computing instead. Or uh, so anyway, I, I, that was our big ramble. Um, I, I think the, the, the issue is that we look for deep domain expertise when we're looking not so much for product manager, but a subject matter expert. And a good product, a great product manager is constantly learning about the nuances of whatever industry or domain they serve. Yeah, I want to I want to add on to that a little bit because you sparked some ideas in my head. Yes, and and. adding on is what we do. Yeah. Um, it's a big plus is our new logo. Um, the way Google hires product managers is actually just like the opposite of what you were just saying. They hire product managers who can be good product managers who have the skills to be a product manager with without regard for actual industry expertise. And in fact, you're expected at Google to change teams multiple times in your career at Google from, you know, I know people who have gone from ads to Gmail or to YouTube or to internal tools or, um, you know, self-driving cars or health. Like there's so many different industries, domains you can be a part of and still stay at Google. And people are happy uh, to hire you with zero ex expertise in that domain as long as you're a good product manager. Cool. And that's, and that's actually very mature of that company. That's an yeah. extremely mature thing to do. Um, and then, you know, Steve, going back to what you were saying in the beginning of like filling out a job description is that, you know, the high, the highest thing that, that, that shows up is domain expertise. And then product management is kind of like lower in the priority list. And I've seen that so many times. And, and when I talk to recruiters, I'm like, listen, I understand the industries I'm in. Got it. Totally get it. I need some people that are really good at these areas. And oh, by the way, you know, if they had, you know, some of the domain knowledge from another company, that would be great. Um, but I don't need someone to come in and yes me. I'm not looking for that. Did, did we just all talk around and agree that our skills of product management are what the big differentiator is. I almost feel like we're saying, hey, being able to do what we do, gosh, that's hard, but look at the differentiation it brings. So we may know. be biased, it's true. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next question. What are the most common reasons why someone new to product management does not succeed in product management? Greg. Um, they are project managers. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say the same thing, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, says the project no, manager. No, I, yeah, I, I, absolutely. No, no, totally agree with that. Totally agree. And, I, and, and, you know, what happens is that, you know, you go through all these courses and you do the agile stuff and blah, blah, all those things. And you become a product owner and you rapidly you're turning into a project manager and you're thinking like completely tactical all the time. And what I, you know, so I, I differentiate between a product owner, and a project, a product manager quite differently. And I need you to grow to be, you know, beyond just a project one by, you know, sprint by sprint, release by release, all those things to actually think strategic. And if you can't move that direction, then, then you're just not, you're not going to be, you know, a product manager um, holistically, just not. But that's okay. I mean, you can be the best product owner in the world and you yep. can have your own vertical stack associated with getting promoted through the different levels of product ownership because it's a very different skill set and it has its, and it's very hard to make product managers that are strategic into product owners that can actually deliver anything. It, I, I usually agree with this, that. I usually use this um, analogy with the difference between a chef and a cook. Both are needed, both operate very differently, and a chef can't cook for a thousand people and a cook can't necessarily come up with very unique, very tasty dishes. You I, know? That's, and so, that's fantastic. I agree. I completely agree with that. And, and, you know, then you stuff a business analyst into that, into that mix too, in that, and all of those together make, you know, something beautiful going forward. Exactly. But, and it, the, one of the problems with project management is <laughs> you get sucked into that vacuum. There's a void there. And it, if you're good at it, 
people just suck you into that and it's hard to get out of that. Well, and, so, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't downplay project management as a key role. I would not at all. Um, project management when it comes to, you know, very complicated, you know, um, endeavors is really a key role. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not product management. It's, no, product it's not product management. management. Be clear on that. Yeah. John, most common the, reason someone does not succeed. Yeah. I'm just going to not answer your question for half a second and agree about the project <laughs> management being different than product <laughs> management. This, the roles I've been most successful in, I've had a peer project manager to help because that is not a core skill set of mine. Um, I'll do it when I have to, but like it's, it is very different. Um, so the people who don't succeed in product management, I think have the very tact, it's, I guess it's the project management problem they have, a, or something similar. They have a very tactical view, a very narrow view. They uh, are focused on shipping the next feature, um, you know, getting, uh, activity as opposed to outcome, I think is probably the best way to summarize it. Checking boxes, um, not delivering no. outcomes. Yeah. Not having impact. Exactly. I think that's where you can get tied up. What I will add on to that is if I'm going to if I'm going to hire somebody junior that's that's brand new to product management, I'll throw them into a product owner role first, um, and then teach them, you know, to shift from tactical into strategic over time, and bring them forward into like strategic thinking and what we're thinking strategically and what goals are, and have them grow that way. Um, as opposed to the opposite, like somebody brand new, all of a sudden thinks strategic. It's, it's a, it's, that's a tough, that's a tough one. Yeah. It's, yeah. Easier, it's easier to assess that when they're doing the product management pieces, the product owner pieces, because having some conversations with them, you'll see they're already talking strategic. They have these great ideas uh, and, and, and listening to the customers because they they do have the empathy usually. Um, and so that is a great way to assess Greg is like, they should already be in order for them to move to product management as product owners, you can start sensing that they're ready because they already have that kind of skill in, in me. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, put like, I, when I talk to my, my, you know, junior people and I tell them certain things, I, I kind of put things into like a sine wave where, you know, the, the Y axis, the higher Y axis is like strategic thinking. And the lower one is tactical. And, you know, how, do, where, where do you actually sit and how do you actually move across that sine wave? You, you know, as product managers, you start moving more and more, you know, strategic and, you know, tactically, you know, product owners are like tactical. How do we get things done in thinking that way? And then, you know, as you mature, you actually will be able to balance all of those. And where did, where do you actually sit? So in, in the book Execution, Larry Bossidy with Ram Charan, wrote about how he took the GE way and implemented it at Allied Signal slash Honeywell. And one of the things they said is most executives have a orientation, either a strategic orientation or an operations orientation. And the biggest reason why somebody fails when they move up into a new leadership role is because they're, they don't have that counterbalance, right? So if you come from a strategic orientation, that tends to be your lead. If you don't have a lieutenant who's a strong operations person, you're going to struggle. And vice versa, if you have an operations leader who does not have a strategic person, this is the first time in my head I really thought about how that really impacts in project manage or product management and the importance of having the balance of the operational tactical with the strategic. Right. Uh, it, 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 I, I enlightened as I always get on this call, Steve. Absolutely, absolutely critical. I, I yeah. see that absolutely critical as it, and, and as it gets, as the enterprise gets more and more complicated, those things are, are key to be successful. And again, it goes back to your original quote about the balanced team and, and filling out a portfolio yep. of diverse uh, skill sets. Steve, I'd love to get your take before we move to our final question. I believe the reason people fail in product management is because they don't have a boss or a mentor to guide them. Um, so they get pulled into every nonsense thing that comes along and they don't have a boss saying, wait, what, what the hell are you doing? You're not supposed to be doing RFPs. Why not? The sales guy asked me to. Well, the sales guy asked for lots of things. You know, he, he asked you to buy beer too. That's not your job, right? So 
without a mentor or a boss guiding that person, that person is going to end up doing project management, doing sales engineering and not being <laughs> no. able to say no. Um, so that's, that's my answer. Steve, the softball was going to be because they didn't have you as a teacher and coach. Well, I was going to let you say that rather than <laughs> me saying it, right. but I was hugely tempted. <laughs> Since all of us are students of, right? So let's go to this race. This is a rapid fire uh, question. Uh, we're going to start. Now, see, now I don't have the strip. I used to only start my left. We're going to start. We're going to go counterclockwise. So Greg, you're going to be first. What do you think is the most important attribute to look for when hiring someone new to product management? One attribute. We've talked about a whole bunch of them. What's the most important one? Greg. Learning. 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 John. Rapid fire is not so rapid if I can't find the mute button. <laughs> empathy. Learning, empathy. Jason. Oh, they want to be a product manager. Passion. The desire for the Desire for the position. All right, Steve. Systems, systems thinking. Salespeople tend to say, let's, let's do it. Let's just get it done. And systems people say, let's get it done right so we don't have to do it over and over and over again. And I'm just going to go ditto them all. All of the above, learning, empathy, passion, systems thinking and trends and patterns. We just described a great product manager there, I think. Yeah, but you missed communication. So I couldn't, you know, being able to communicate. Well, we said one thing. I know. I guess I should have come you said, in with communication. You should have said communication. I, just, you know. Wait, strike this. Let's, I'm going to say communications and that we've just built out the perfect product manager. And then he'll just edit out that little portion <laughs> right there so that uh, it will sound like he was smarter than he really was. No, I, I keep all my, my mess ups in. <laughs> it, it's, it keeps it real, right? It's humility. <laughs> Indeed. So, Greg, John, Steve, Jason, I thank you so much for uh, being here on this call. As I always say, these calls are the highlights of my week. Uh, I, I, I love the conversations. I always learn. I get new ideas and grow. Uh, we'll see you in the community. We're, it's, we're not going to be around uh, the next couple of weeks, uh, but we'll see you guys in January uh, and get this thing rolling again. So I know, Steve, I'm not supposed to say times and stuff but <laughs> when you say times it becomes not timeless well we can always cut those things out as you say indeed <laughs> so greg john steve jason thank you so much for the wonderful Fun. conversation you we'll see you again in the community in really the interest of cutting out later, uh happy holidays happy new year so you guys <laughs> <Happy> holidays, <laughs> right? bye 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 now thanks for listening to the business of product topic of the week brought to you by Product Growth Leaders. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. And for more great content and to participate in the topic of the week conversation, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.